Welcome everyone to the ninth episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Kozell here with uh, Nick Tartaglia. What's going on, Nick? What's up, Dan? Well, it's been uh, it's been a nice week for us. Very nice week. Weather weather wise or market wise? Well, market wise, I mean, it's not getting any easier to figure out what's going on, but I could definitely say that weather-wise, it's been fantastic. <laughs> we've been very lucky. Um, I think you know we've, we've we've suffered a little bit too long than we thought, and now Mother Nature is kindly rewarding us for, yeah. for suffering to a degree. Uh, parks are still being gathered. Um, we'll see where that goes. I mean, we're not going to make comments on that, but I think what we're going to talk about today uh, is drugs. Um, particularly cannabis and psychedelics and how this is sort of the new uh, craze of investing that's happening right now. And I think Nick, you and I can go back to the cannabis days. We'll start with that. But I think with the whole hype surrounding uh, psilocybin mushrooms, and I don't know if I yep. pronounced that pr- properly. Sci- yeah. Psilocybin mushrooms. That's correct. Um, it, it, it's it's going to take off. And there's a lot of investment opportunities right now. Um, The economic costs associated with developing it and bringing it to market are much lower than like traditional, uh, you know, pharma medication that has infinitely higher side effects of death. Um, So it's interesting. The way, yeah, the way I see it as a retail investor, the thing is a lot of people have to realize that Sometimes when, a institutional, when, some, when an institution gets involved or private equity funds get involved, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's also the same opportunity for a retail investor. Because sometimes they're getting in at, at lower levels, they're getting in before it even becomes public. It doesn't always create the same opportunity for a retail because a retail, you're not accredited, you don't have millions of dollars, you, you just, you're not playing the same game. But it is definitely a millennial trend that we like to consume more natural forms of drugs over pharmaceutical drugs. It is definitely a trend and is something that it, that makes us see that it's not a matter of when it's more, it's, well, sorry, it is a matter of when it's because it, it, it's not a matter of if it will definitely happen. That I don't doubt for both marijuana in the United States, for example, uh, mushrooms, like you said, I definitely see, <clears throat> a real purpose and a real reason for that industry to become something significant. Yeah. And to be honest, it's, it's been touted, you know, for the last 50 years, there, there have been tests that have been happening, you know, you know, some big pharmas have been kind of behind the scenes. You know, you go back to the 1950s and sixties, they were doing testing with uh, LSD and, you know, hallucinogenics and stuff like that. But I find finally now it's slowly starting to get momentum and i think we have to attribute some of that to you know the legalization of cannabis in canada we yeah. saw it I, yeah go go finish go ahead Rusev. i was just gonna say we, we we saw it with you know the whole craze up until like you know from 2015 up until now uh the market's kind of corrected itself obviously with what's been going on um some of these companies are probably not going to be existent now but it almost seems like now all these you know there's mushroom companies just coming up left and right. You know, there was another one that went public this week. There's one that I'm personally working on at work. Um, the demand is there. 
and yeah. the hype that's surrounding it, um, I think could be attributed to, to, uh, to, to the cannabis, uh, legalization. It's, it's crazy. What's, what I think is funny is that cannabis went through like two little bursts. So like pop, it got popped after it went up through his big high came legal and popped. And I think now because of the coronavirus, it kind of went through another period of downturn because I mean, <clears throat> if people are going to reallocate their capital, it's either going to take their cash. So marijuana may as well take a loss at that point or two reallocate to better positions on big names that took a hit. So you kind of see the sector took another hit, but now people are starting to realize again that the industry is pretty much economic recession proof because of the fact that like alcohol, people are always going to want to consume their drugs and their alcohol because they're going to be bored, especially this, these times. They have nothing else to do. If I'm going to stay at home all day long. I'm just going to be with friends all day long. Uh, let's drink alcohol. Let's smoke some weed. But what I do believe will make a significant impact on both industries is the advancement of the United States. Because a lot of pharmaceutical companies are listed on the NASDAQ. That's where they go list. And New York Stock Exchange. And they literally, at a federal level, are prohibited from touching any of these things. So because they can't touch it, they can't really get involved. And that's why I believe that it feels stagnated as an industry. Because the United States is the is the is the moment they let go, that's when you'll see the real burst in these two sectors. And I think there will be. It's just it's a matter of time. Matter, exactly. Because you know exactly. the, the the discussions have been there. You know, Congress keeps bringing it up. Um, it's obviously a much more liberal policy, but you're looking at you know people on the right sort of accepting that. Oh wow, maybe there is a better alternative than like you know, a pharmaceutical drug with a name that nobody knows how to pronounce with all these side effects. Now, the Here, here's a question. Good care. Here's a thing. Here's a thought for you. Do you believe that like in, going back into the theme of the old money, we're talking about with oil. Do you believe that pharmaceutical and tobacco still has a place within old money? I still, within think, I, I still think they do um, to a certain degree. Okay, so let's keep that thought. Keep that thought. Now, yeah. the next question to that is this. Do you believe that because Congress in the United States political landscape is heavily led by older gentlemen who, one, don't understand the millennial trend of consuming weed, and two, I feel like a lot of the older, some of that older wealth can still be linked to tobacco and to uh, pharmaceuticals. So for them to pivot and allow that growth to come in would completely take away some of the wealth from the older generations. Well, I think it's also, I, I, I agree with that. I think it also comes down to control too. Like it's pure things. speculation. Like that's right. for me, it's pure speculation. Right. But it's also, I mean, there's no, we, we can't necessarily prove that it's an interesting, just, exactly. like, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I don't know the answer to that particular question. Does it make sense? Does it make sense that they're this slow to do something that is like, like if you ask somebody is marijuana, a thing with most millennials yes are millennials the big the second biggest body or the biggest body to come after boomers yes does every millennial does, does every millennial accept it being legal yes okay so then why are you still not doing it like well, there's, you say, there's a lot of there's a lot of answers that just don't make sense right and, and i again these are valid questions i think the other thing too is there's a stat i think about like 20 27 30 percent of millennials like smoke weed or you know ingest some kind of uh, you know, form uh, or derivatives of CBD or, or cannabis. Um, I think it comes down to, and again, pure, I'm, I'm speculating here. I don't, I, we don't have the evidence on this part, but I think it also just comes down to the fact that 
Um, there's a lot of process involved with this. There's a lot of legal hurdles mm-hmm. that these things need to go through. Of By course. the time it passes through, it's got to go through, you know, different forms of legislator, different forms of, of government, uh, different levels of government. So it, it does take time. There's also a lot of special interest groups, you know, lobbyists come in and they want like, you know, they've got their hands deep in there. Again, I, I can't prove this, but just from understanding w- maybe why it takes so long is probably because of that reason. Now, Canada, for example, um, you know, they're treating cannabis like tobacco. It's the same. It's, it's almost the same, you know, for, especially for marketing, it's the yeah. same legislation to like to a T and I've read both the cannabis act. I've worked in tobacco. I know that I know to a certain degree how the branding aspect in tobacco, uh, works. Um, they're very similar. And to do that, in my opinion is it's, it's not there, there are different levels of, substances right if you there's a chart somewhere that i was looking at this past weekend in a, in a report it was comparing basically all of the um, uh the doses of you know psych, psychoactive drugs because that's what they're called um and if you look at the comparison between nicotine and marijuana like they're at opposite ends of the spectrum you know nicotine is like closer to heroin believe it or not and <laughs> marijuana is actually on the bottom left right next to LSD and, and mushrooms. So, I mean, are, to, to, to put everything sort of in the same basket without fully understanding what is going on, I think in Canada for cannabis, it's hurting the long-term growth of the industry. And I, and I think that's where most investors are looking towards the U.S. as an opportunity for cannabis because they're going to be more open uh, from a branding perspective. They're already more open because they have, um, you know, the, 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 state, the states are very... Uh, there's 30, there's 32 in the United States, there's 33 medical legal states, United States. And then there is 12, uh, recreationally legal states. Yeah. And And I think that, I think Florida is one of them, right? Like Florida, if you walk around medically, it's medically, it's medically legal. Florida. Um, Nevada, I think is another one where it's both. Right. It's you both. California is both. You yeah. could literally walk through and there's branded. Like I was in Vegas in February. There's like uh, MedMen and Planet 13, which is a massive. Planet 13, which is considered the biggest store to date. Yeah. In, in it's Vegas. Like a big, massive. Yeah. It's huge. And like they're just, you know, there's branding for all kinds of products and stuff like that. So yeah, I you see, see that's it. That's definitely like what I agree with you is that Canada. See, the thing is, that's what Canada kind of uh, messed it up from the beginning okay they were the first ones to come in but they did it so slow and what happened was that a lot of the companies came in hard with production capacity growing growing it was growing. all about size it was all about it size was, it so before before it became legal the, the the investment thesis for marijuana was purely speculation because there was almost no revenues at this point so you couldn't yeah. really form a real evaluation and it was unknown of a comparable so you were there was a lot of speculation involved so it became about who will be able to satisfy the market at which size and who will have enough capacity and who has the proper facilities to also then expand it to Europe? Because from a Canadian perspective, the next logical step is Europe, not the United States. Because the United States is more complicated. Europe, you're able to do that. Germany's on board. England is getting on board. Italy, Portugal. So when it became legal, you started to realize, well, you only had a couple stores open across the, the country. So all these companies who had over a million total capacity combined was over millions of kilos of capacity, but you weren't even able to supply a, core, a fraction of that. 
So that's when you saw the downturn now. Sales slumped, started to go down. You started to see some of the companies like Canopy Aurora start cutting people. Can't Trust went through a whole debacle where it was hiding one of their rooms. I think they're going officially bankrupt, correct? Yeah, they, they, filed, they, they filed for bankruptcy. Exactly. So like the dot-com boom, you saw a big explosion. You see a big burst pop. And now you're going to see, you're going to see companies merging. You're going to see companies going bankrupt. And then in the next two to three years, the ones left standing are the ones that will have more of a significant role within the future of the industry. But my eyes are definitely on that of the United States, just because the United States is a bigger opportunity and it has a lot more value in terms of evaluations, growth. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bigger market, right? And yeah. because like you said, right, the branding, they can brand over there. You can't yeah. do that here. So here yeah. it becomes more of like a, like Jen said, here it's more like a commodity play. It's pure agricultural. You, 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 it serves you no other purpose other than that. You can't unless you, just... unless you ingest it and you have like a specific product that you like. Exactly. <laughs> and also like if you're a first time buyer, but well, why would I buy Aurora over uh, Afria or Afria over a Canopy or uh, at the end of the day, the labels look pretty much identical. You're bare, you're not really going to go off the name. So you're just going to take a random pick in the dark at that point because there's no branding. Here's another, and I think this just builds on your last question. Like, why is the process taking so long? Um, U.S. legislature has a lot of drugs that are like Schedule One, right? And I think MDMA is like another one that's a Schedule One drug, and they've had marijuana as a Schedule One drug for a long just, time. Exactly, and this is just the old way of thinking, you know. <laughs> and so the that, old way that, thinking said that was uh, it's the gateway drug. So literally, it was blamed for every other consumption of drug associated afterwards. And the other thing too was when Ronald Reagan was president, he said like like he was so against smoking weed. He was just like you know as a conservative as possible, you know. Um, so I mean, these are these are things that take. I think a few decades to kind of unravel. This is it's, sort of this is sort of the beginning of what is to come, and that's what's really interesting about sort of the timing it, of what's happening. Because as we agree, it definitely has its place. But what's weird is that if you look at the political landscape of the United States, there's a side of it that pushes for it, and then there's another side of it that really, really seems to take more of an ignorant approach in the sense that they say, "Well, we don't know enough about it." We do know enough in the sense that. Well, unless you're smoking it, it doesn't impact you. It, it, there's no cases of people dying from it. There's, you can't overdose on this drug. You have famous people that like, they, they just don't which, adapt which, which, to which drug? trends. Can, which drug? Can, which, cannabis. cannabis. You, can, you, can, you, you need to smoke yourself like for 48 hours straight, which is like actually impossible. Even, even, even that, there's, zero, there's literally zero cases associated with overdosing in marijuana. Worst right. cases, when I say is, what people argue is that it's bad is where I agree with is the, the fact that you smoke. If you're going to smoke, then yes, you were, anything you inhale in terms of fumes is obviously not healthy for you. That's a given fact. So if you're going to smoke, that's combustion. There's a little bit. Combustion is yeah, not good for you. You're, bar, you're, you're burning you're, something you're, and inhale. Yeah. You're barbecuing your lungs. as the So experience. that alone I agree with. <laughs> but if. You're just ingesting it. What the hell are you doing bad to yourself? I'm telling you right now, I can promise you that everything will, will come eventually to support that. Millennials rather have this. They ra I would rather smoke weed or ingest CBD if I have a headache, if I really want to solve the headache problem, than take Advil. Why the hell would I take Advil? It, I would rather something natural. And uh, you know, it's interesting you say that, and I'm thinking I just had like a thought of like, 
it's like a generational thing, you know, like yes. the, 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 and I'm not, we're not, again, I'm not trying to bash anybody here, but it's like the older generations will say like, no, it's bad for you because they've, you know, they've been, they've grown up a certain way. They've been given Advil, Tylenol, whatever. It's like, and us, it's like, we're exposed to sort of this new type of, you know, way framework, of framework, 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 but dealing with remedies. Right. And oh like, yeah, exactly. You know, I've, I've friends that, you know, when they're sick, they drink mushroom tea or they don't feel good. And they, they, they feel it's like within, within a couple of, uh, a couple of hours, they feel fine, you know? So this is sort of the, the, we'll call it the playground of where we're at right now, because if you look at the time that it takes to develop some kind of a drug, any kind of drug that that's out there, it takes it, years. I, I would say at a minimum, it would probably take about six years before you get it. Right. Yeah, I would say I would say a fair number, five, six years, because you have to go through stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. Yes. You have each stage requires funding. You're not making money, yes. so you yeah. need money going in. It takes time to collect your, you do your studies. So yes, I would say fairly five, six years on average time. I know some that taken up to ten years especially when they're cancer related. Exactly. And, and, and that is a tedious process. There's a lot of costs that go involved. These companies need to consistently yeah. raise money. Apparently with the, with, you know, the, uh, the psychedelics and, and the mushrooms now, that process gets cut, and cut to about, it, it takes 35% less time. <coughs> which is fair. Which is, which is good. And it makes sense. Now, the question too now becomes, how many of the big pharma players want to be in the space? Well, they all do, but they're not allowed. That's the That's messed up part. Exactly. So, in which a is way, an opportunity. It's exactly. an op that creates an opportunity. Exactly. Because if the big boys, but the thing is that what gets complicated is because institutions, because institutions can't get involved, because big companies can't get involved, as we're seeing now, especially within the United States landscape, because they can't uplist to major exchanges, it's primarily like I would say 95% retail, which is why. If you're trying to trade the United States landscape in terms of marijuana, it does, it's so irrational that you're trying to create some sort of rational pattern out of the complete chaos that is having so many retail investors trying to manipulate or trying to play the stock. Some going long, some going short, bad news comes out. Okay, now I'm short. Oh, good news again. I'm going to play long again. Shit, the price is coming down. I'm going to get out again. Well, it's, well, I'm vol it's volatile. It's volatile. It's it just it, making sense of that sector in a short term is so unpredictable and chaotic that if you're entering this, if you get in at the right time, which I would, I'm not going to lie at these prices now, other than they're, they're, most of them are lower than their opening price when they first IPO'd and their evaluations are pretty reasonable, like reasonable, especially with a massive growth opportunity. But again, it's so retailed that if you don't take this position as a long position, in the short term, you can't really expect to see exactly what you want because you know, the real growth will only occur when you start seeing that openness in the United States. Well, let, let's talk about, you're talking about cannabis still, right? Yes, exactly. Right. So right now I'm so, talking about cannabis, but it directly also affects mushrooms. Of course, because they're kind of linked at this point. Um, I, won't, I, I, I agree with you on that first statement. I don't, I'll, and I'll kind of counter sort of your last part there where it's like, hey, it might be too volatile. I think the two companies right now, based on what I've seen in the last two quarters, that are most likely going to be the big players in the cannabis space are Aurora Cannabis and Canopy Growth. Yeah. Explain why. Um, Aurora has been very, they've been uh, criticized for having too many shares outstanding, for going on a massive acquisition spree, uh, diluting their shares. They had about 1.2 yeah. billion shares outstanding. 
uh, which was nuts. I mean, your shareholder value is 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 is, is like peanuts. Um, and this is a twelve to one split, you know. It, yeah, well, I was getting to that, but um, okay. <laughs> they got okay. They they got rid of the founder um, and they hired yeah. a new CEO. Now yeah. they did that split. It was a twelve for one or eleven for one. Um, twelve for one, yeah. Twelve for one reverse split. So they 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 reduced the number of share count, and then what happened was they actually came out and actually surprise everybody with their earnings. They had a 25% increase in revenue and the stock in the last, I think the last two weeks is actually up about like doubled. I think it, you think you made it's 120% on your money in a span of two weeks. So two things, this goes to show you how volatile this sector is a crazy news announcement or good results are actually incredibly good for the stock. Um, you know, and I in think the short term though, for now, in the I, short I would term. Say. We'll see. But this is actually a good and encouraging sign because what yeah. this does is this, first of all, we're in a pandemic right now. Um, this solidifies the idea that cannabis is actually a recessionary. It's recession proof. It's exactly. a recession. It's a recession proof uh, stock. Operation. And yeah. I think it will continue once, once the foundation, once the cost structures are solidified, you're actually going to see uh, cannabis companies become part of defensive portfolios. And it's 100%. Gonna, I agree. And it's going to be a thing. Now, Canop uh, Canopy's reporting on Friday, I think, this week. Um, we'll see where that goes. If they have good results, I would start looking at these two guys very seriously. I'd be like, you know what? If I'm going to play this space again, might as well go long mm -hmm. on one of these guys because. Yeah. They, but you, but you. But this is from primarily from a Canadian perspective landscape. US, you're not, though. you're not, but you're. Okay. So the thing is this do you believe that? See, the thing is, I don't see the Canadian players have any role in the United States. But Aurora until just signed, that, Aurora just, Aurora yeah, but just it's a, an American CBD yeah, company. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, the CBD landscape in the United States is so minute in, in comparison to the, to the big boys, which are primarily spread out in terms of marijuana and indirectly also have exposure to CBD, that until it's legally federal, marijuana, the Aurora and Canopy, even though they have a footprint but through CBD, they physically cannot have any remote connection to any marijuana in the United States. Which so let, me is ask, where, let, me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why, why are they the only two? There's another one. Yeah. Why, are they, they're, they're, why are they listed on the U.S. then? Okay, so the reason they're listed on the U.S. is because they're Canadian-operated companies in marijuana. If a United States, if a company wants to be listed in the United States on a major exchange, they can only do so as long as their marijuana operation is not within the United States borders. If they're operating within the Canadian landscape, they're allowed to list in the United but, States because they're not, they're not, yeah. That was the rule a year ago. I think the rule changed like these last two weeks. No, no because the NASDAQ still won't allow uplisting. The NASDAQ, we're talking about- And the New York. No, but we're talking about the New York Stock Exchange. We have, an, we have Aurora Cannabis that's listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. They just acquired an American company. So, I mean, I, I think the rules are starting to change a little bit. I could be wrong, though. I oh, could yeah? be wrong. Yeah, I could yeah, so, be so you, Aurora, So, you're talking about uh, uh, Aurora. It's a sub, uh, Oralis there. It's a subsidiary in the United States. Is that what you're talking about? Retiva or something. Lativa. It was Retiva. Yeah, but that's, but, that's, but that's a CBD-listed company. Right. It's not a marijuana company, but it's yeah. still CBD. CBD is yeah. a form of cannabis, right? It's a derivative. Yeah. Okay. But that's it. But anything related to the marijuana plant has no exposure at the upper right. level, uh, which is why institutions can't touch them. It, it, exactly. So that we're on the same page, but what, yeah. but this just, this just goes to show you how quickly the whole industry is changing. Yeah. hundred percent. But it this should, like, it should be changing yeah. like that. So, I mean, again, 
we'll, we'll have debates on this for, for, for hours, but let's, let's go back to like mushrooms though, because there, there are a lot of companies now and I'm looking at it here. Like there's, there's so many listed companies that are developer. They're called developers right now. Um, I think the big one was MindMen. They're listed on the Neo Exchange. They were the, they were the first one, I believe, right? Yeah. That's with O'Leary. Yeah. Is that Kev, what O'Leary? So, so Kevin O'Leary uh, is an investor in this. Um, he's one of the uh, original founders of this company. Um, that's a big thing. Um, a guy like that, and Kevin O'Leary, great guy. I love him. Um, he's he's probably a like he's very like entrepreneurial conservative. You know, like he is. He loves capitalism. He's like pro capitalist. So when that came out, I don't know about the rest of the world, but I was like, wow, this is a guy that probably has never done drugs in his life. I could be wrong, but I don't think he has. Um, and and he I would be out, surprised. <laughs> careful, we might have him on the show here one day. But you know, in all seriousness, when he came out and he had, um, you know, they, they they went public with that. I was just like, wow, this is actually a this is a this is a serious step. And this was only in February. This is February of this year. And now all of a sudden there were, there was another two more mushroom companies that have gone public in like the last. <laughs> so here's a, here's a question for you, but from a retail perspective. Okay? So as we know, too much speculation can drive a, a valuation of a business a little too high sometimes, especially at the early on stages, kind of how we saw with the marijuana. Do you think that, well, all of these companies that are starting to list, they're all speculation right now because all of them are pre-revenue, right? None of them are actually really making any money, any significant money to really give worth to their evaluations. They're raising money though. Like, they're raising. They're but, able to raise raising, money now. It's crazy. But it's, but it's still from, from like, cause we're gonna, cause if we're gonna talk from a retail perspective then we're gonna talk to, assuming most people don't have the ability to adapt to the ongoing development of the industry and the, and the changes going on, do you think the evaluations, like, I don't know the evaluations right now. So do you think the evaluations are fair? So let's say we say, let's take, a, let's, let's see, is it worth taking a position right now? Or is it something that you would have to wait? Cause they're pre-revenue right now. Here, here, here's, here's what I think. Okay. And this is, again, if you have about, let's say one to two to maybe up to 5% of your portfolio that you can look at and say, I don't care if I lose this money. Okay. Which unfortunately I don't think a lot of listeners do. So let's keep it to 1% where you're just like, okay, hey, let me just see what happens with this. I would pick three companies right now, look at them, go deep into them, realize, okay, what are the advantages? And I'll think, I'll tell you what to look for. I think you got to look at management team. That's the first thing. That's not even a question. Uh, it's always, always, always especially at this stage. Yeah. But it gets, it gets overlooked sometimes. So management team is definitely top priority. The second thing that I would look for is like, what is their forward thinking strategy? What are they doing mm -hmm. right now to collect some kind of revenue? It might not and, mean that it's, hold and, on, it might not mean that, that, yeah. It might not mean that they're profitable right now, but do they have something coming in? They need like at least one or two streams of cash flow. Yeah, go ahead. But I doubt, I, I really don't think they'll have because if they're going to operate it, because right now technically it's still illegal that. So if they're op, if they're if their operation is based on an illegal substance for now, it has to be legal though. Okay. Yeah. So right now, so revenue wise, they're not. So right now, because it's pure speculation, the business operation mindset is we are in a burn rate mode. Yes. Trying to figure out a real tangible product that we can supply to the market to start revenues coming. So right now, that's why they're pre-revenue. 
pre-revenue implies more speculation, which is why Dan says you cannot over-invest your portfolio in it. Yeah, like don't, so, don't, don't put 50% of your money into this. Like there's no way. Now, you guys have to realize- That's bad risk management, by the exactly. way. Exactly. So as he said, at the same time, when you think, when you're telling yourself, I'm willing to lose it, at the same time, you have to tell yourself, if I'm willing to lose it, it's in the sense that you're willing to accept the ups and downs, the volatility and the, the development of the industry. You have to, if you're going to say that to yourself, then allow the industry to develop, give it time. Don't make a decision three months later, so, wait so, two years. Yeah. So, so, so you're actually kind of seg. I like this. You're segueing into sort of my last point. I think what you have to have is like, okay, it is a risky space in two years. We're going to see what's going to happen because some of these companies are not going to exist. I can guarantee you that. No. There's going to be some companies no. that are going to flop or get bankrupt, whatever. They're too, they're too screwed. But what you need to do is- you It's a competition to, right now. It, exactly. Right. It's a speculative competition. After two years, what I would do is if you have, let's say, four or five positions that you have, you know, 1% of your portfolio that you're just like, hey, let me see how this plays out. And then two years goes by and you look at what the progress of these companies were, go a little bit deeper into the ones that you really like, add to your position at that point. But you need to have, like Nick said, you need to have- a long time horizon for this. If you believe that psychedelics, I mean, heck, we'll even throw LSD in here at this point because that, that's also what we <laughs> talked about, but um, as for, for treatments for PTSD. But if you fundamentally believe that this is a space that is going to be here in the next 10, 20 years, go ahead, okay? But to start, you got to start small in this case. And yeah. you have to go long, guys. Or if you, because if you go over, if, if, if people go over, in terms of how much they risk or allocate to this position, but they do not follow the space. And all of a sudden they look at it and their position is freaking out of whack. Their, their psychology guys, you have to, guys, you have to understand something in, in the world of investing, especially when you're dealing with your money, because the open market makes prices fluctuate at unbelievable rates that have never been seen before because you have so many people involved that in retail, everybody wants to be their own investor now, even though most people don't know what the hell they're doing. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that, but go ahead. Yeah, so <laughs> most people don't know what they're doing. So it just creates so much volatility that you need to understand your horizon. If you do not solidify a horizon before you enter your position, your psychology is gonna be so messed with because you're not aligned with the strategy. You're just going in saying, let me see, but the moment your money's down, fuck, I want my money now. But your position was long long-term kind of cancels out short-term noises you have to have to establish a horizon on your position if you don't then just don't even bother speculating just touch the simplest of investments in the world and then just go do what other passive people do right right and i agree with that because it's 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 listen warren buffett said it it's like sometimes uh stocks are not for everybody you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't think that, Hey, because you're putting it into here, you're going to become a millionaire overnight. No, you need to do the legwork. And that's, that's what I, I think I, you know, I've been doing that. Nick's been doing that for, for cannabis. Um, and we, we were, we were, you know, I'd say I've, I was pretty successful at it too. You were pretty successful. Yeah. Um, we didn't become like multimillionaires, it, but that was and because it taught us a lot. It, and that's the other thing. It teaches you so much while you're in the process. But the one thing that it taught me too, um, was how to manage risk. I think yeah. that is, if you're going to invest your own money, I think that is the single most valuable skill. And when, let's, say the, let's say the stock goes up like 1,000% or 200% for the sake of this, for the sake of this argument. Um, let's say it goes up 200%. You only had about, I don't know, 1,000 shares. You still made money. 
pencil that as a win. You actually got something from the market. You know, people be like, Oh, well I should have put like $10,000 and I'm like, you can't think like that. <laughs> the moment, the moment you've put in a position and something happens and you make that decision, the if part of the past out, I should have put 10,000. Oh, I should have not put as Never much. Or I should like that. It's done. Never Whatever has like happened. That. Yeah. Whatever has happened is now a lesson. The next position you enter in, do not enter a position to try to offset what you may have done in the past. A new position is a new position. And enter it with a new framework, with having learned your lesson, and now apply that lesson. 100%. So again, I think with, with the mushroom companies, do your research, management company, yeah. is there a legal stream of cash flow coming in? How much debt do they have? Okay. The, and the political landscape, how much political the landscape, how much do they have to like maneuver in this landscape to get to that point? But I also think that's more of like a macro thing. It, it will take time, but that'll kind of determine your time horizon, right? If you look at the political sphere, that'll determine your time horizon. If you're in it for two years, I wouldn't do it. That's just me. You know what I mean? It, I, I this would, is, I this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. This is more of an investment opportunity thesis for younger people. This is not something you're going to go tell your, if you have a, like, see, this is the thing. When we start getting into this, you start talking to people and especially when marijuana was becoming a big boom thing, you know, I, you, you're talking to adults that are 55 years old, that are 60 years old. And they're like, yeah, I invested in marijuana. I bought canopy at $60 and now it's, it's at $20. But if your strategy is, if you're older and you're, First off, if you're older, your way, your, your, your strategy and investor is completely different. You're about sustainability, not about wealth creation at this point anymore. <clears throat> if you're going to enter a position that has so much short-term risk and you're that age, you're risking your money. Don't do that. <clears throat> if you're young and you're 20 years old, you have 30 years as a horizon. If you're 60 years old, you, don't, you can't afford that risk. You're, you're, so don't go telling your father, your grandmother, your nonna, your... I don't know how, how they say it in your language. <laughs> Babushkas. Just, there you go. Just don't go tell them to invest in something that you're risking their money, especially when you don't even know what the hell you're doing. Just because something is an opportunity doesn't mean it's an opportunity for everybody. Okay. You, there's so many more factors to look into. You, you got to put in the legwork too. Um, I'm going to read maybe just a few of the names that we have for mushrooms, just so this is yeah, go. Our, our listeners can take a look at. Uh, Atia Life Sciences, that's A-T-A-I, Life Sciences, that's one. Uh, Anahit, that's another one, a Canadian company. Uh, Aurelius Data, they're based in Montana. Uh, Back of the Yards Algae Sciences. I mean, these are some hilarious names. Bright Minds, great one. CB Therapeutics. Uh, Cybin, great name. I like that one, actually. Uh, <clears throat> Elysius. Um, Entheon, Field Trip, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, what else we got? Mind Men, I mean, that's that's the big one. I think everybody should take a look at Mind Men. Uh, Mindset Pharma, I mean, there's a, there's a whole list here. New Leaf Brands. Uh, it's crazy. Like two years ago, there was barely nothing. Because I remember two years ago, in my mind, when I was looking at emerging trends and emerging industries, marijuana was one of the big ones I was looking at, was really one of the big ones I was focused on. And then I was looking at other industries and that's when like, um, um, esports was a thing. That's when I was looking at mushrooms, but then you start realizing these industries are so, there's still so much immaturity in them that there was barely nothing that long ago. Now things are starting to progress, especially with the COVID scenario. I think that esports, which is something we'll talk about later on, but it kind of 
just put the gas, the foot on the, that, that gas pedal. And push well, I, I think, I think I look at, uh, we'll look back at COVID and be like, the COVID was the accelerator of trends oh, that were already yeah. happening, that were supposed yeah. to be happening. COVID just accelerated that. Like, and it's linked. And most of those trends are linked to millennials. Yes. Millennials have so much economic impact right now. It's, it's crazy, but yet we don't understand that. And yet the boomers are acting as though they still control the landscape. They do only because we still listen to them. But if we ignore them, the landscape becomes our playground now. And we're, we're in a very uh, unique decade right now. And it's only the first year of, of 10 that we're in. And I find there's, there's so much stuff that's going to happen in the like, next 10 years that it's just going to shape the way the rest of our lives are. Um, I think, again, just moving forward with, with this. Tell, tell us the... Tell us about the, um, that position there, the, the, the placement you helped uh, fix up okay, that so you did I, this week. Yeah, so I, I, I won't say the name um, because it's, it's <coughs> pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Um, and obviously this is, you know, for, for legal purposes. But um, this is a company that, that's been sort of in the marijuana space. And then they kind of shifted into uh, mushrooms. And when we found out about that, personally, I was ecstatic. I was like, I can't wait to. Is it, is it, is it a full shift or is it a, like they're going to do a half, half? It's, it's a half, half. Okay, okay. perfect. Again, so I can't dabble on both. Yes. I can't say the name again. Cause again, it's, there's some insider stuff, but uh, really high demand for this stuff. Like, you know, you're calling financial advisors all over. Yeah. We're, that's what we do. We call them all over Canada us and there's rumblings happening right now and the one lesson that i learned from this is anytime there's brokers uh at big financial institutions and these were second tier institutions not like the big banks because those guys would never touch anything like this but usually the (laughs) second tier ones they're more speculative anytime there's rumbles about this and guys are throwing like two million you know Two hundred thousand share uh, dollars, four hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, fifty thousand, eighty-five thousand. They'd be like, "Yeah, like just put it." There's demand for that, and uh, it was really interesting to just talk to some of these people and just say, "Like, hey, like, why do you like this?" He's like, "I believe in this space," you know, and that's all it takes. I, for stuff. I, I bet you they're younger guys too. No, surprisingly, fifty percent of them were a lot older. I'd say sure. guys in like their fifties who like, and it just shows you like, these are guys that probably looked at like Woodstock back in the day and said like, yo, this is actually helping people. You know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. You know, have we done shrooms? Like I'll speak for myself. I've tried them. It's fine. Tried it. They're not for me. I will never, you know, I'm not going to indulge in that stuff. Like, like, like candy. I don't think it's good for myself, See, but there for is me, a medical purpose behind it. That for I think me, I, it was, uh, it, it put me more in a uh, numerical mindset. Like I went really deep into numbers and stuff. So for me, and I, in terms of the micro dosing potential is where I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. That's the popular me, one. It put me really like the, the second, the, the, the time I did it was a Second time I did it was more of a microdose, small, and it really put me in my head, but I felt clean, efficient in my brain. Like I was able to stay in there, but I felt good. And I was really on point with just thinking about numbers. I think here's the other thing too. I think the stigma of talking about it is like gone. Like yeah. Guys will just randomly say like, Hey, I was just like microdosing on my porch last week. Or I microdosed on the golf course. I'm like, Holy crap. Like this is and this is just the new normal and i think you have to accept it move forward go with it invest and see what happens that's pretty much it man like and you know what 
kudos to the pioneers behind this. Cause I, I, I personally believe that this is going to be an industry that's going to be around for, for quite a while. It's going trends, to take, it's going to take time. Yeah. It's going to take time. trends, trends, especially from the net. When, when it, see the thing is generations themselves dictate trends. And as I said before, because millennials are becoming the bigger impact, bigger voice in the economic landscape, they're having more control in terms of what becomes, um, a staple as a consumer good for companies to focus their products on millennials have power and they have a voice now because of that things that are associated with a degenerate the millennial generation has a viability in terms of an investment thesis because we will dictate those growths companies if they want to survive and be and adapt they will have to accommodate to our needs as millennials and if they don't they're going to struggle. So when you look at marijuana, when you're looking at psychedelics, when you're looking at things like that, the reason why it has its place is because our generation has a place for it. That is your base foundation thesis to why you then want to further dig into it. Yeah. If there was no foundation to it, as in no millennials don't want it, then no, you don't go looking into it because now you're just, it's a lost cause, but it's not a lost cause. Before we go, I just want to throw a number in here um, that I think the opportunity of it, just to give people some kind of perspective as how big this potential industry is. Um, it is shrooms, right? Yeah, this is just sh shrooms and uh, and mushrooms, psychedelics as well. Um, baseline, $100 billion. Is it on a global scale? This is just in the US. Okay. okay. And this, this is, is this, is this, are we assuming, are they, like, I don't know what they're saying in the thing, but are they saying like, this is with like, um, um, what is it? What's the word? Uh, like going down the value chain, like different type of product lines, uh, it, stuff it, like it, that. It depends on the efficiency and as well as the treatment and the cost of administrating the. Okay. The, so uh, those numbers I, so, okay. So then what I would, what I would believe then is that those numbers are stealing market share from pharmaceuticals. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I'm not as a new growth industry, as in the sense that it's creating new revenues, it's stealing revenues from another sector. Yeah. And pos again, possibly creating a new stream. Uh, that we, yes, we, exactly. we might not be thinking of right now, but baseline right now, a hundred billion dollars USD. And that's only going to get bigger, I think. So um, guys, take a look at this. I mean, it's really interesting stuff. The average cost to develop a drug uh, for prescription drugs is, you know, $2.6 billion. It takes about seven to 10 years. Mushrooms, cybacillin, that's going to get cut by like about 35% if it's done properly. Allocate your horizon accordingly. Based on what Dan just said, allocate yeah. your horizon accordingly. Yeah. And look, if you have $10,000, $100, put it into a mushroom company. That's fine. That's still something, right? You know, don't look at it as like, oh, absolute. I'm not going to make so much. If you get it right... <laughs> You, you, you learned a lesson you made money too here this is an approach that i took because when, when i got into the marijuana i i can't i was an amateur beyond amateur i didn't know what i was really doing but i just took uh i took a gamble approach because that was the first framework i had entering this the, the world of investing what you can do especially since now you have more optionality in terms of how you can who you can have access have access to is if you're going to enter this and you want to take a a more etf approach create a little mini portfolio of, of a handful of players. They're at the top. And then as time goes on, as you see who does better, who's what, start 
rebalancing your ETF and start re-narrowing your capital on the better, better players. But at least you get a little more general, broader exposure like an ETF. So you minimize your risk and you play more the sector as a whole. And as the sector develops, you can then start picking out your better players. So like at the beginning, I had about eight marijuana companies. You know, I had Organigram, I had Tantrust, I had Afri, I had Canopy, I had Aurora, and it's like a Hexo. As time went on, I slowly took profit here, there, started reallocating to better and better names. And that's how I, and that's how I progressed forward over time. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one active and, and much more learning way of doing it for sure. I would imagine though, as time progresses, uh, companies like Horizons are going to add this to like their health fund or their yeah. fund. So pay attention. I to agree. That. I agree. Guys, pay attention to these trends. They're, 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 they're alive and well. This has never been, there has never been a greater time to invest in uh, mushrooms and LSD companies. It's, it's ridiculous. So it's ironic. We have so it's, it's the landscape is all messed up and confusing. Well, that's because of drug cartels, right? But no, but I'm talking in general, the landscape, the economic, uh, the economic landscape, yeah. just in general, everything is a little messed up right now, but yet there are still opportunities. hundred percent. You just got to keep going. Anyway, we'll wrap it up with that. Um, we're going to do another episode on this once this starts developing, because there's, there's so much, I, I think you and I are just so fascinated. We just have to share it with the rest of the world here, but uh, we'll leave it at that guys. Stay it's safe. Our, it was our start. It was our start, you know? Ex- exactly. We'll, we'll, and hopefully we'll get some, we'll get like a CEO of a company on the co- kind of just talk working on. I think that would be really interesting. That'll open up more sort of the information digging that we're looking for and give our listeners something to look at. Perfect. So anyway, so, we'll leave, uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that guys. Yeah. Uh, stay safe. Enjoy the nice weather. Um, I would imagine social distancing is still in effect. I played golf yesterday and that's a pretty yeah. social distancing. Well, well, as of, as of tomorrow now, people are allowed to gather in Montreal. Okay, uh, so within the household, ten, yeah. 10 people, I think it's 10 people. Max says up to three households, but like uh, that's just ridiculous. The three household thing. If you're 10 people, like yeah, you're, you're going to go inside somebody's house. Oh, okay. You're household one, your household two, your household three, your household four. Okay. You're nine people, but here, everybody gets a fine. Careful with the cops. They say, right? <laughs> I know. All right, guys, stay safe. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Ciao guys.